Blog Talk Radio. It is Friday. You are tuned into page one and from Chicago where it was warm, but for some odd reason, just like the IRS, Mother Nature decided to do an audit on our weather, took back a little bit and gave us 60s or probably 50s and maybe even 40s. And out on the West Coast near Las Vegas where I've heard it is hotter than, I don't know, <laughs> Mary, what's going on? No, it's not that hot, actually. You know, it's in the 85, 90 degree mark area. Hot enough. That's mild for here. <laughs> yeah, but I heard a few days ago it was it was pretty hot out that way. So uh, yeah, I think we reached almost 100 a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least we got like mid 80s here, but all of a sudden it just pretty much like the, the bottom dropped out. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, rain doing the forecast uh, for parts of today around here. So, hopefully, wherever you guys are at, wherever you're listening from, the weather is partway decent. I think, actually, the other day, in the beginning of May, there was snow in parts of Iowa and Minnesota. So, <laughs> that's when you thought that you were done. Snow in May. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that would throw me off. But, uh, yes, a little. Just a little, but uh, for all of you who always want to keep in touch with us, uh, if you're not here on Fridays, shame on you, but otherwise, if you're listening to us later on, uh, hello, and you can always catch us or catch me over at uh, News Comet BTR on Twitter. You can catch Mary at Lou Eyes Mama, and of course, our official webpage at newscometbtr.wix.com forward slash fan page, and also this week, I'm getting back into... Something that I signed up for a while back, haven't had a chance to do, but I have committed myself to at least doing three times a week, and that is doing blogs over at Blogspot. So um, I will share more details about that soon. And uh, I think pretty much besides that, iTunes and everywhere else, uh, you can catch us somewhere on the Internet. <laughs> somewhere. Um, it's not that it's like a scavenger find. hunt. If you can't find us, you win. Yeah, they have no excuse not to find us somewhere on the Internet. But, um, no, that's pretty much it. I think all business has gone out. Did I miss anything? Not to my knowledge. No. Good, good, good. Oh, I'm even over somewhere on Instagram, Kick Tango. I think there's so many different things this week. I'm learning still. I'm just joining the Android world, so I'm all over the place. So somewhere over there. If you see me, say hi. Um. First story, normally, you know, stories like this are hard and tragic for what it is. Um, if you have not heard, uh, there was a story out of Kentucky this week where a two-year-old Kentucky girl was fatally shot by her five-year-old brother. 
uh, when he was playing around with a rifle that had been given to him as a gift. Yeah, even in this day of age, five-year-old getting a rifle as a gift. Uh, Caroline Starks was rushed to Cumberland County Hospital on Tuesday where she was pronounced dead. The girl's mother had been at home at the time of the shooting, but told police that she had stepped outside to the porch for no more than three minutes. Now, the county coroner identified the gun that was used to shoot Starks as a 22 caliber My First Rifle from a line of youth rifles designed by Cricket, a branch of Keystone Sporting Arms. Uh, the coroner said that Starks' older brother had been given it as a gift last year. Uh, the coroner went on to say, quote, it's a Cricket. It's a little rifle for a kid. The little boy's used to shooting the little gun. Now, Keystone Sporting Goods shares testimonials from pleas, parents, and children, as well as a page in its kids' corner filled with children using the guns. The company's website states that its goal is to, quote, instill gun safety in the minds of youth shooters and encourage them to gain the knowledge and respect that hunting and shooting activities require and deserve. Now, the coroner said that the rifle had been left out lying in a corner, but that uh, the parents hadn't known that there had been one shell left in it. He added that the death would be ruled accidental. Just one of those crazy accidents, he said. And I know uh, when you read stories like this, and if you go to the, the I saw a snapshot of the kids' corner, and uh, there were pictures, of course, of little kids, I think even a baby, uh, holding a rifle. And these guns pretty much, I mean, they are geared towards youth. I know we walk a fine line when we talk about weapons in this country, especially in light of everything that has been happening since December. But, and not to place pointing fingers, because we have to be careful about this when we talk about this story, but I don't know. Is it good to introduce kids as early as this kid, because you figure if he's five now, and he was given this gun last year, he was probably given it around four years old. Is it good to try and instill kids about guns right now? Yes and no. I think, and trying to be careful, and trying to be not appropriate, but trying to be careful with this, I think he was just a little too young. Um, but I know... I grew up in a small town. You got you got introduced to guns early. You know, granted they were BB guns, and you're not going to kill anybody with a BB gun. At least I haven't heard of any BB gun deaths, you know, recently. So our our gun introductions was were different. Mm-hmm. Do I think it was right that they introduced it to a child? Eh, I, it, that's a parental call. Um, the problem that I saw with everything was that the parents weren't involved. Mm-hmm. That the the rifle was not put away properly. They aren't teaching the child proper gun handling like the website is trying to promote for the children to be introduced to firearms. If you're going to do that, you have to go all the way. You can't go halfway. You can't give them the rifle and the ammo and not teach them that it needs to be put away. Now, children aren't always going to put stuff away. Heck, I know adults that don't always put stuff away. Mm-hmm. So, you still got to stay on him. He's five, you know, four, five, and going on until he's an adult. They need to be put stuff away. They need to double check that all the rounds are out. This is not, yes, it is an accident. Yes, it is terrible. And I know that the parents are probably in beating themselves up over this because it's a two-year-old, you know. But. Yeah. 
in light of all of that, some of that has got to be guilt over your bad parenting. And I'm not talking about leaving the room for the two minutes to go out on the front porch and, you know, you can't watch your child every single second. But that rifle is inanimate. It's not walking anywhere. It should have been put away. It should have been double-checked. It should have been locked up. It should have been taught to do all, you know, the child should have been taught to do all these things, and then it should be followed up. That's the only part that I'm upset about. The the accident part, it's tragic and it's horrible. Should you introduce them early, that's a parental thing. Like I said, I grew up in a town where you were introduced really early in life to guns, and you deal with the accidents that come. But, there's a, there's a missing piece. Yeah, I, I agree with you on every point there. I, I think the only thing I think that was more disturbing to me was the picture of the baby holding the rifle. I was like, I don't really think at that yeah, point. That's a little young. I think it was like I want to say seven, seven to eight years old was when we were introduced to. to like I think I was I want to say about eight when, you know, I was my grandfather handed me a BB gun and said go shoot some cans or something, you know. Yeah, and and like I said, we're not here to talk today about, you know, gun laws or anything like that because, you know, pretty much at this stage of the game, I understand the arguments from both sides on this. At the same time, it's that argument from both sides that I think is stopping uh, any type of measures from going forth because on one hand you have people who would feel that their constitutional rights would be taken away. Then you have other people who are saying, well, what do you need with a clip that can shoot off so many rounds and pierce through body armor, which I agree with both sides. Uh, getting back to the point, yes, it is a parental call. Yes, it is one of those things. But, yeah, the responsibility, you know, with giving or with teaching kids things, there's a far greater responsibility to, quote, cover all your bases. Yes, it's nice to teach them about guns, but at the same time, gun safety and the responsibility of when you have that in your hand. Because if you're going to give it to a five-year-old, to me, that's, at that point, you're entrusting that they're going to learn. And if you're entrusting that they're going to learn and pick this up right away, then you've got to teach them everything. And excuse my French, but you can't half-ass it. Because at this point, if you are giving them a weapon a weapon that can hurt or to kill. At this point, you have to, you know, like you said, hey, you know, this gun is not a play toy. And you have to really be, uh, and the word careful is not what I'm looking for, but you have to really use everything and say, hey, when we're done with the guns, we will empty them, we will clean them, and we will put them and lock them away. And if you happen to see it laying out, do not touch it without an adult being present. And at that point, like I said, it kind of goes back to the parents because, you know, like I said, we're not pounding on the parents about this whole situation because they lost a child. But you really have to be, if you were going to open your child up to this world and open them up to that responsibility or, you know, um, you know thing that you're going to bring in like that, then you got to teach them everything exactly. and it's it, it, it pretty much that is the tail end of it and like i said i'm kind of on the fence about it you know like i i, I didn't see an issue with it but at that point 
I didn't see an issue with it because that was that parent's call. You know, none of us have the right to tell that parent, well, you shouldn't be giving them a gun at five. If you think your kid can handle that, then fine. But if you think that they can, then you better be prepared for everything else that comes along with it and teaching them everything else that comes along with it. That's pretty much, I think, where I kind of went with that. Mm-hmm. So, All tragic right. story. Yeah, a tragic story, but, you know, once again, it brings up that whole thing, you know, with guns, because every time you have an incident like this, and this isn't the first time, and sadly it won't be the last time where we hear of incidents like this happening, and normally most of the time it is a child that gets a hold of one in which that wasn't given to him, and in this case this was this kid's gun, a twenty two caliber rifle, not a BB gun, a rifle. Right, and exactly. That's That's new to me. Yeah. So... That's that's the thing. I think that kind of I, I thought for sure it was a BB gun when I first heard it. I was like, well, how could she get you know killed with a BB gun? But then when I read a twenty two caliber rifle for a five year old, I think that's where I got a little bit more shocked. But that's the way that the world has gone. And like we said, if you're going to introduce your child to that, then you definitely have to make sure that every step is covered as to where accidents like that happen. So. Yeah, you, that, you want to minimize those kind of accidents, and that's the parent's job. That, that's what it comes down to. It's always going to be the parent's job. Mm-hmm. You don't get out of it, unfortunately. Speaking of the parent's job, another touchy subject this week uh, that those have been talking about, um, Teva, uh, which is the makers of the contraceptive plan B one step, this week, it was approved by the FDA uh, for over-the-counter sale to consumers 15 years of age and older in the United States. Now, this decision marks the continuation of improving access to emergency contraception for women and is the first time that an emergency contraceptive will be available in the store aisle. And pretty much at this point, uh, I don't think I have to go through the story that much, but the product is going to now be labeled as, quote, not for sale to those under 15 years of age, proof of age required. Uh, not for sale where age cannot be verified. And pretty much, I mean, you would still have to, I mean, even though you can get it from the aisle, when you go to check out, you would still have to provide, just like alcohol or anything like that, you would have to provide identification. And there's been a lot of back and forth about this this week because originally the FDA had to make a decision uh, on the age bracket, and then they pretty much, on April 30th, they pretty much lowered it to 15, but now there is a big controversy because some don't want it available to kids that young, but yet uh, there is a mandate that it cover those who at this point uh, are actually able to birth, but now that brings up the point, at what age should it be available? And some in the FDA and some in the government circles are pretty much starting to now even say that some as young as 11 are physically capable of bearing children and should have access to this, but at the same time uh, should not be able to buy it on their own. A lot of stuff going around back and forth with this. Uh, You've had a chance to read some of the articles on this. And I guess for a twofold question, I guess I would ask you on on this topic now, because it is such a controversial thing, because you have those who don't believe that this should be available. You have those that think that it should. But then you now have that 
third level of issue as to what age it should be available and the process by which they should get it. So should it be over-the-counter is my question. And also at that same time, if you're going to make it available over-the-counter, to what age should it start to be available at? I I don't like that it's over-the-counter. I still think you should have to go to the pharmacist and ask for the Plan B or whatever they end up calling it when they Mm -hmm. do that. Um, I still think you should have to go to the pharmacist. That way you know that someone is checking IDs. Not just, you know, because if it's in the aisle, no offense to anybody, but I'm sorry, shoplifting happens. Mm-hmm. And if I'm 15 and I don't have an ID and I found myself having unprotected sex against whosoever wishes and I was embarrassed enough, I would shoplift. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had that guilty feeling enough. So if you have it behind the counter at the pharmacy, at least you have to talk to somebody. That means you're getting an ID. Um, 15, I think, is a little young. Unfortunately, what I think doesn't go with what actually happens in the world, and I know that. I would like to believe that no one has sex until they're married, (laughs) or at least until they're adult enough to to, to be responsible. You're so naive. Does that happen that way? No. Are 15-year-olds having sex? Yes. Are 13-year-olds having sex? Yes. Probably, uh, you know, those are the scary times that we live in. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a little young, but if you can, if you can ID them, I think it's better than not having it available. I've always thought eighteen was a great, great age. That's you know, they're quote unquote adult at that point. Sixteen uh, is a little young for me. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question out. I'm just gonna throw it out there because to me, I mean, as a guy, I really don't have I don't feel I should have much of a uh, say so when it comes to this type of thing. But do you think <laughs> that at this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you think that we should in order to because you still I mean, I guess depending upon the era that was, you hear a lot about teen pregnancy and in this era of teen mom. In this era of everything else that's going on, do you think that pretty much we should round it by the median age, perhaps, of teen pregnancies and say if it is 15, we go at that age and pretty much go forward? Or I know you said you didn't like to have it over the counter, which I agree with you because if a teen's going to, if they don't want their parent to know, they're going to figure out a way to shoplift that out of the store, or they're going to figure out a way to get an older person to buy it for them, which pretty much at that point throws the whole thing out the door. Right. And it makes it a little bit easier. It's kind of like, you know, um, it's you're almost You're not going like, to stop it from happening, but if yeah, you have it, at, it the happening. way I think about it is if you have it at the pharmacy, at least somebody's been checked. Yeah. You're not going to stop somebody from getting somebody older to buy it for you. It's just like alcohol. Yeah. It's not yeah. stopped. Yeah. And I, I guess at this point, I guess, you know, I'm like you. I find it a little bit more disturbing at this point that now it's 15 that we're starting to think about that. Because you and I, around 15, I mean, yeah, we started thinking about the opposite sex, but really not in that way yet. And nowadays, these kids are so, uh, I still say, <laughs> forgive me for the way I'm going to say it, well, uh, 
large percentile are still grown and dumb. <laughs> what I mean by that is that uh, they act grown, but they're still dumb to some ways of the world because they think that they know, but they do not know. And it, to me, I think when I saw that, I cringed a little. And at the same time, not only did I cringe, but oddly enough, it didn't surprise me. Actually, I wasn't surprised that it was a little bit more earlier than that, only because of how teen pregnancy now is. And, and, you know, the fact that you hear these stories, these odd stories now, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds who are having kids. And you wonder if something like this, it's kind of like a double-edged sword where something like this is probably a good thing. I think I would almost rather they have it at 15 than to not have it and go and get pregnant. And once again, that's where that whole, that double issue comes in for me on that. And I I don't know. And where does it go? And eventually, uh, do you see it maybe going a little earlier? Do you hope that it kind of goes back to 17? Oh, God, I hope it goes back to 17, 18 years old. You know, I really do. Unfortunately, the way that society's working, it seems like it's going to end up being younger and younger, you know. Uh, and that 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 really babies having babies and thinking it's great. I, I just I don't know. I, I just hope that I I hope that the parents out there are doing their best to raise their kids in the values that they that they that they value. And I can hope that their values are the same as mine, which is I I would like my child. I don't want to be a grandma. Let's do it that way. I don't want to yeah. be a grandma until I'm like fifty. I want to have a great time, and then while my child is in an age bracket where she's having a good time and I can have a good time together, possibly, that we could do that. But no. I, I, I don't want to be grandma until I'm, you know, 50. <laughs> well, a dream. It, well, it's a continuing story, and of course we'll keep an eye on it. I didn't think about the timing between these stories, so forgive me. But we're going to go from uh, Plan B to Prom. <laughs> I did not think about what that. What a transition. Yeah, I know. What a transition. Actually, last weekend I did see someone here in Chicago actually had, you know, the prom going on. I was like, it's a little early. But there was a great article in Yahoo this week about the price of prom and how it has gone up over time. And they took a look at a couple of kids, uh, one particular kid uh, where uh, – her son was now going to prom. He had never been to a school dance, and she had hated to see him miss out on the teenage rite of passage. And back when she went, a four-course uh, uh, sit-down affair at a four-star hotel, it was fifty-five bucks, pretty much. And the class at that point covered the cost of bake sales, magazine sales, whatever. But it's not 1983 anymore, and prom costs have pretty much crept higher and higher. According to Visa's annual survey released last week. Parents plan on coughing up $1,078 on average for their kids' proms this year. That's a 33% increase over 2011 when families spent about $807. Two of the more staggering figures, parents in the northeastern United States are budgeting almost close to $2,000 for the dance, and nationwide, families in the twenty dollars to $29,000 income bracket are doling out the most almost $2,635 for prom, about three times as much as the family that makes more than seventy-five thousand dollars. 
So the question to you, madam, because you went to prom. I did not go to prom. I didn't have a date, so I didn't go. Are proms becoming a little bit overrated and <laughs> 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 more expensive? What's going more on More expensive. I will say yes, they have. I mean, my God, I didn't spend that much. I mean, let's see. I'm going to do, do the figures in my head real quick. <laughs> I think four proms. And po- see, I even had a post prom, and post prom. Oh God, it was three hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, my senior year was like three hundred bucks, and my my parents had two people going to that to that prom, so double me, that basically. Let me stop you. Six hundred dollars. Let me stop you on that though. Do you think it's the parents' fault for letting it get out of control like that? Because it really doesn't have to be that expensive. I don't think. You know, part, part of it. Uh, the the parts that got me were the, the and these are the things that, that kind of caught my attention with the whole prom um, article. The the lower income brackets were spending more. I have a feeling because they can't afford. Like that's their that's their thing. Yeah, that's a big party. Sense? It's like that's your big that's your big night. Yeah. We we can't afford to throw you you know uh, to give you a fifty thousand dollar wedding. We can't afford to send you to a $90,000 a year school. But we sure can scrape up some money one time to give you a really good prom and give you one really, really good memory in your adolescence. I think that's why that's there. That's why they spend more. And the the Northeast, I have a feeling, just has to be with New York and everything has to be one-off couture and I can't wear the same dress as somebody else. Which even makes it worse because... I didn't care. So a few years from now, if your lovely daughter comes up to you and says, Mom, I want to go to prom, and I want this much for a dress, and I'm looking to spend this much. I will say, (laughs) good luck. I hope you have a job. (laughs) Because I ain't spending $3,000 for prom. You are going to get a $200 dress, and that's as much as you're going to. I'm sorry. I'm not going to spend money on it. That's a dress. That's dinner, a limo. Possibly a hotel room. Okay. You know what? I that's what I'm thinking. That those—that's how much that where those costs come in. One, there ain't gonna be a hotel room. You're coming home. <laughs> Unless you want me to sleep in that hotel room with you, oh, which I'm sure that'll put a cr- cramp on everything. Because uh, you yes, know, Mom, <laughs> I will come out with the. I will be the stereotypical old Asian lady with the curlers and the cigarette and the and the fluffy slippers and the. <laughs> Bad accent. I will pull that out the hat. I swear to God, it is it is on digital right now. So Morgan can go back and hear me say this when she goes to prom. If she wants a hotel room, guess what's going to happen? And I'm going to be older, so I can gonna, pull it off better. I'll have you're the You're going to get that double room and like keep the door open. Heck no! I'm going to get the one room with the two beds, and I'm going to lay in one bed and be like, "So, what are we going to do now? Connect them?" Let's play bridge. Uh, no, the hotel room. There's there's some money gone. No, I'm not paying for the limo. You want a limo? You can pay for it yourself. So she's going to have to have her own job for that. I am not spending more on a dress for prom than I did on my wedding dress. Love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then for dinner, that's supposed to be the boy paint, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've already got a budget. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Budget is there. 
But um, the clock on the wall is telling us that our time is pretty much starting to run out. We've got about less than two minutes. Any shout-outs this week? Um, no, I don't. Not this week. Next week I may. Oh. Well, a pre-shout-out already right? being thought about. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Actually, I do have a shout-out today, and I know this person is never going to listen to the show. I know they are never probably going to hear this, but today is a national holiday, if you did not know. Today is actually Christina Hendricks' birthday. <laughs> so and the nation is the nation of Lavar. Yes, yes. By proclamation, it is a national holiday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the only shout out I got this week. Actually, you know, I I don't have anything else to pretty much add. So this is that rare time we have about a minute left. I, I actually saved us some time this week. I know we ran out last week, and we had a good topic at the end. Do <laughs> you remember I, what that was? I forgot. I, I think it was about um, dating, and it was about oh. uh, you know, about free dating. You know, like still being able to see other people while you're seeing somebody, which no, actually pretty much ran us up to the time it was out. So uh, I don't know. Maybe one of these days it'll come back up. I've seen more articles about it, and I'm pretty sure it won't be <laughs> the last story or the last thing that we'll have on that. But um, yeah, but no, for all of you who are listening, of course, we're here every Friday uh, at this time. Um, and this is actually show number 197. So we're getting close Three to Three more shows. Three more shows. Three more shows. So with that, uh, we will see you next week for show number 198. So for Barry, I'm LeVar. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Um, going to be watching the Coffee Derby. I don't have a pick, but um, we watch that. Maybe I'll give a prediction on Twitter. So, <laughs> have, a great week. have a great week, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for listening. Peace.